Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, to what I think is going to be one of the best Training Unleashed episodes ever. I have an amazing guest. Her name is Kimberly Kaiman Men Lee. Um, and What's amazing about her is she spent 20 years with GE in leadership training uh, at their headquarters for quite a bit of that time doing senior management executive leadership training. Uh, and I think anybody that knows anything about GE knows this, their university is one of the best corporate universities in the world. Before we get started, I do want to shout out to uh, my friends at the C-Suite TV and radio for all of your support on the show. Kimberly, why don't we, because I, I don't normally do this, but I just think it'd be fascinating. What, just talk about the culture at GE around training and why it was so important. Because I think people need to understand, from my perspective, culture is king and having a culture of training is amazing. And I know GE really embraced that. Maybe if you could talk about that, that'd be wonderful. That's great. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me on your podcast, Evan. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you. Um, so you're right, GE's culture around learning and development was um, bar none, uh, top of its game. So a couple things about their culture with regard to learning and development. First is they believe in a leader in every chair. Um, and the goal there is to make sure that no matter what your role is, you have a responsibility to lead in it and make sure that everything you do um, comes from a place of betterment, uh, moving the company forward and helping lift your colleagues up to a, to a better place. The second is they felt a true responsibility to make sure that leaders had the skills they needed to do well and right, um, no matter where they were um, in their career journey. So they invested in it. At one point, I think we calculated uh, over a billion dollars worth of investment in both functional and leadership uh, learning and development. So it comes at every phase, every stage, and every need in a leader's, um, in a leader's journey. Uh, so without a doubt, especially with the creation of GE Crotonville, which is their corporate university, started in 1956, uh, they believed not, uh, not only in the concept of leadership learning and development, but having a place for leaders to gather to do that great work. I, you know, look at, I believe in training. I mean, anybody who listens to podcasts knows I believe in training. 
Um, I really think it's the difference for the success, long-term success of, of, of businesses and to invest in people and to invest in leadership. Uh, I think it makes an amazing difference. Um, but the real thing that I want to talk about today is experiential learning. And um, I'm a big believer in it. I don't think enough people do it. I know GE does it really well. And I know that your company, um, that's what you're all about is experiential training. So why don't we just start, because I like to do this with what does it mean when you say the words experiential training, just so that we everybody has a common understanding because what it means to me might be different than what it means to you versus different to what it means to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely right. So um, experiential learning to me is you put the learner in the center of the skill or behavior you're trying to get them to adopt. So it's um, less telling, more doing, um, less uh, doing, more feeling, being, and those sorts of things. So the more you can get them to emote, uh, I think emotion moves the body. So they need to attach themselves to the very thing you want them to be able to do longer term within the company. So if you want them to be more compassionate and empathetic to their customer, you need to put them into a situation that, that helps them to adopt that. If you want them to understand what it means to be a servant leader, you need to have them serve, literally serve. We can talk about a couple of ways we've had our, um, our participants and, and uh, certainly some, time, some of the experiences that I had when I was at GE as well. So it's literally putting them in the center of the behavior or skill you want them to actually adopt. And, you know, it makes complete sense to me that this is the best way for people to learn is to be an immersed in it because you can read, you can, you know, you can do a lot of situ situational analysis and e-learning and things of that nature, but it's very different than to like have that emotional experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I love the servant leadership, big believer in servant leadership. Why don't you just take a moment and describe how that would work? What, how, you know, if somebody wanted to do that kind of experiential experience, what would that look like? Maybe like a little case study. Sure. So we start with what are you solving for, right? And, and I, I think that, you know, you could call it whatever you'd want uh, in terms of your design and development of the, of the approach. So oftentimes if servant leadership or just this concept of, of serving is something that the company or culture wants to uh, ensure their leaders are, are um, astute at, we would actually thread a component like that throughout a learning um, opportunity. So it might not be the core focus, but it would be something that is experienced throughout a three-day workshop, for example. Here's a couple of ways we do that. One, um, I'm a big fan of leaders doing chores. Now, again, I work with more um, mid-leadership and above. So oftentimes, by the time you get to be a senior leader, you are being served. So someone makes the reservation for you. Someone um, has the table set for you. Someone um, has the meeting coordinated for you. The plane is, um, uh, is reserved for you. All of those sorts of things are done for you. So we switch it up a bit. And instead we have what I call the equivalent of chores. So if I'm hosting a senior leadership team for a three-day workshop, I ensure that one of those uh, days is reserved for lunch on site um, and it's catered. And the only thing that is done for them is the food is delivered to the site. 
they each then on the back of their name tag might have a task that's assigned to them, which they won't know about until they're told to turn over their name tag. Um, and it could be everything from set the table, serve water to your colleagues, clear the table, you name it. And it's just a touch of, um, are you willing to do what it takes to make those around you comfortable? Um, so that's one uh, example of how we've done it. Well, first, let me compliment you because one of my fears was that every example you were going to give was going to be so big and so difficult that no mm. one could tangibly think about it. You could take any meeting anybody has that's live, and we're now having live meetings again, and, and take that exercise and make it happen. So that, thank you for that share. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think know. a lot of it, Evan, is, is about being ready at hand, right? A lot of that, to your point about it, doesn't need to be big and grandiose. Being ready at hand means when you're in a meeting and you see somebody struggling with the projector, if you know how to fix that, jump in. It doesn't matter your level, your role, your responsibility in that meeting. What matters is that you help keep progress moving. And oftentimes folks forget that that is, in essence, a, a big part of servant leadership. You know, it'd be interesting. Maybe we'll do another episode sometime on servant leadership, but that's not the purpose of this. But I feel myself gravitating toward, uh, gravitating, <laughs> gravitating that toward. topic right now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is. And, you know, I, I think that leadership, that skill is going to become more and more important as the younger generations become bigger and bigger parts of the workforce. That's right. Um, so, you know, I like to joke, I grew up with Bewitched, where Darren was always afraid of Larry, and, and the leadership was fear. Uh, I'm going to fire you, do what I say, and, and, and that, that today does, does definitely does not cut it. Um, so let's, let's just take a moment, because I know you do some really interesting off-site stuff. Just tell us about that and how that works and, and, and what, what kind of what that experience is like. Sure. So it started actually when I was at GE. We found that uh, when I first started in that role, I was at GE for 20 years and seven years at GE Crotonville. And when I first started at GE Crotonville, a lot of what we did was lecture based, especially for the senior leadership group. We wanted to transmit knowledge, expose them to new and different ways of, of leading and, and strategizing and again, exposure to businesses. All of that is terrific. But what we found was that it didn't change behavior as much as we wanted. Um, so after observing a couple of those classes, I thought, I wonder if there's a way to get the same lesson, but in a, with a different approach. So we ended up letting a lot of our academic partners um, go for a while and said, I think we're going to try this without the lecture. And if anything, make it a lecturette. So we tried to get to the point where there were no more than kind of 30 minute lectures of any new content. And then the rest would be something that they'd have to apply um, the learning to or toward. Um, so as we started down that road, uh, we found that there were a whole bunch of different ways to explain leadership by using metaphors for it. So for example, um, I do a lot of work with my clients right now um, with horses. So horses are the second most intuitive being, as it said, and um, they are a terrific way to see your leadership loud and clear. Um, and in essence, we would bring leaders together with 
horses um, at a, a horse farm or barn or, or rodeo space. We've done it in a number of different locations. We work with a terrific uh, gal who um, leads all of this learning. She will put you for the very first exercise inside of a stable with a horse and she'll say, have the horse do something you want it to do. Typical leadership uh, behavior, right? So folks will stall for a while and then you'll see them do a bunch of things. You'll see them try to pull on the reins, talk nicely to the horse and in English of, and try to explain what they want to do. Some dangerously will try to push from behind to get them to move. Um, and Colet, the gal that uh, we partner with, um, says, look, the horse desperately wants to follow you. She just doesn't necessarily know what you want her to do. And then that, in essence, opens up the whole, um, the whole dialogue around how are you as a leader of people then? Do they desperately want to follow you? They just don't know exactly what you want them to do. So that would just be one example of, of experiential learning, but we've taken folks to Normandy and studied um, World War II, uh, specifically communication and, and chaos theory around what, it, what do you do? How do you lead when your leader's not there? How do you just step into that role? Uh, we've taken people to um, Silicon Valley and helped them understand entrepreneurialism, design thinking, uh, being customer-centric, human-centered design. We've taken folks to Gettysburg to understand, um, again, leadership through the eyes of Abraham Lincoln um, and some of the uh, change management that he had to handle in a very unsophisticated way to make a huge difference. So taking people to a destination, and the destination, oh, by the way, could be your office, um, and have them experience something would be, uh, would be, I think, one of the best ways to learn. Well, I love what you're doing because when you, I think when you take people out of their normal environment, it's natural for them to become more curious and open-minded. Mm -hmm. um, I find when I do training in offices, uh, people are more likely to want to rush on a break to catch up on email or call somebody and yeah. you know, everyone's head isn't really in the game. But when you take them off site, it makes a difference. It definitely it makes a difference. It does, but we know, Evan, to your point, it might not be always financially possible, right, to do that. And that tends to be when I work with middle managers and, and above, they tend to have a bit more of a budget, if you will, for those sorts of experiences. I, I, I get that. But there are things you can do within your office. So, for example, um, I work with a group where um, they uh, were really having a difficult time getting their employees to just jump in, right, to figure it out, if you will, um, and, and uh, know that their role is to do whatever it takes, as opposed to just being told what to do. So we said, okay, then we have to do things differently. So in their case, we took all of the tables and chairs, something we did at GE, took all the tables and chairs and uh, had them all piled upon one another. And this was Monday morning, first thing they're walking into their classroom in the corporate office. And of course, this is not how they expected to start their class, right? They expected things to be ready for them. Table set, paper, workbook, you know, display on the screen, et cetera, et cetera. And there was no instructor. It was just the participants coming in one by one. And we were outside looking through the uh, windows uh, with our cup of coffee, watching what they would do without instruction, 
without a teacher, without a trainer, without a note written on the board. And uh, some just stood waiting for help to arrive. Others, you know, got frustrated and angry about, oh, great, we're going to start late, that sort of thing. And others took it upon themselves to make sense and order of the room, knowing that the sooner they did that, the more they could get on with the agenda of the day. And those were the kind of leaders this particular client was looking for. So what we did was spend the next 30 minutes debriefing that one simple activity and not only how to be a servant leader, that is part of it, right? You make sure things are ready for your peers, your guests, your hosts, your employees. The other part is, why are you waiting for instruction? This was something you could have handled without me telling you. So again, the lesson, we know it, right? We were taught this stuff as kids, but I think a lot of what we do as adult learning um, professionals is, is a lot of reminding. I, I find myself doing a lot of reminding rather than really teaching something that's new or novel. Now, it's interesting as you, as you say this, um, I, I did a thing uh, back in December, a, a workshop on embracing the unknown, you know, how to survive in, in, a, in a chaos world. Uh -huh. And I racked my brain because I'm gonna do this virtually. How do I start this off in a way that could actually be an example of the unknown and a chaotic world? So I started, it was, it was a two and a half hour workshop, but I started the workshop for the first 15 minutes with just a, just a, a slide saying, what's the unknown mean to you? And I wasn't there. I mean, I was literally there because I was watching, but I wasn't on screen. I did not give any direction. It was just that slide. Mm -hmm. And there were about 70 people in the audience. And, you know, one person actually left. I you believe know, I and, believe it. But it was interesting because it became a robust discussion yeah. um, after about five minutes of people kind of like figuring out, well, how does this work? Who speaks when? But then they just erupted. It was it was amazing and a, and a great debrief. And Evan, what a great opportunity for those learners to understand their own behavior against what you were trying to teach them. You could have lectured that, that skill, that session, if you will, and they would have taken notes and had a step sequence and, you know, had great examples from, you know, history and so forth. But instead, you gave them an opportunity, an experiential opportunity to test their own behavior against a set of skills that, quite frankly, they were probably already taught. Um, so there's a, another activity. Can I give you another example of, of I think I think I think it's great. Before you do, though, I just want to comment. Yes, yes. I think the, the theme that's coming out here is with a little thought, it's not that hard to do experiential learning. Oh, yeah. And oh, so sure. let, let's keep going. I love you to share your next. Yes, next for sure. And, and that tends to be, quite frankly, why I'm hired. It's to just start to get people thinking differently about learning yeah. and development. So interested in Tortle's learning management system? Why not try it for free today? Tortle is offering a free LMS for up to 25 users. With Tortle's easy-to-use self-authoring tool and free quick start guide, you'll have courses up in no time. Sign up today and you'll experience one of the easiest to use LMSs in the marketplace today. To learn more, visit tortle.com forward slash LMS. Here's another example. This is this one I did. This is probably our most our most successful segment of all the courses that we did um, at GE during the time that I was there. 
we had a similar challenge with our leaders, such smart, brilliant, brilliant talent, very ambitious, all of the things that you've probably read and heard about GE folks, but they were also very, um, uh, very respectful of the hierarchy, which many companies are. We're, we were pseudo military hierarchy of sorts, and we had command and control and you know all of the things that you talked about earlier in our time together. So our goal was to really help people realize that there's a place and time for that, but that is that should not be the overarching uh, way that you engage uh, with your, your peers and, and your leaders. Instead, we want you to lead uh, in every possible way. So we found that they were good soldiers. We needed them to be good generals, in essence. So we thought, okay, how do we figure that out? How do we help them to understand that in a different way? So here's what we ended up doing. Instead of bringing them to GE Crotonville, which is actually a campus in New York, we said, let's switch it up. We usually bring them to Manhattan for a couple days. We're going to start their training in Manhattan. So this is this first thing will then get them off kilter a little bit. So they're probably going to assume that all of the people in their class are going to be in the same hotel. Nope, we spread them across eight different hotels in Manhattan. And then we thought they'd probably think they were going to be going to a conference room Monday morning, eight o'clock. And we said, no, let's not do it in conference room Monday morning at eight o'clock. Let's really switch it up. So here was their activity. They were given a text message um, upon their arrival at the hotel. Um, and when they checked into their hotel room, they were there was a baseball hat with a GE uh, emblem on it with a little card from me. And it said, you will get a text message at 7.45 a.m. with instruction on how to start your class. That's the only thing they were given. There's no agenda, no additional detail. So at 7.45, they were given a text message instruction from uh, me, from my team. And it said, you have one hour to find nine other people with the same hat and emblem, GE emblem as you, and then additional instruction will be given on what to do next. So somewhere in the city of Manhattan, they had one hour to find nine other people with the same hat as theirs. So of course, panic sets it, right? How do I go about yeah, doing Yeah, no that? idea. You would have no idea where no to idea. start. So they're thinking, well, they must all be in this hotel somewhere, right? Well, that wasn't the case. So the, there was only two requirements, you know, one hour, same hat, that's it. So I'm sitting in the lobby with a proverbial newspaper, two holes, watching what's going to happen in that particular hotel room. My staff was strewn about the other hotel rooms. So we find people coming down to the lobby and they see a couple other GE people because they had the hat with the emblem, but it was the wrong color. So first decision point, do I hang out with these people, even though they're not the instructions, or do I go about my own and try to find people? So some choose to hang together. Others chose to go out on their own because they thought they'd be saving time. Now, do I guess where would people go if they had to find a bunch of other people? Where would be the big landmarks? Do I ask for help? Do I wait? Do I watch? Do I try to get creative? So we had some people uh, go to the hotel to get a list of all the GE people who checked in, right? Which the hotel is not supposed to give out, but we give them 10 points for creativity. Others, IT people, tried to crack the code on who the distribution list was in the text message, and we tried to keep it stealth on purpose. So again, love the creativity. In the end, an hour later, uh, we sent a text message saying we want you to meet us at this Broadway theater, emptied and out for rent to us, um, to uh, start class. 
So as they found their group, they would come to this Broadway theater and they'd start to fill in and we'd say, do you have your whole group? No, we could find everybody but two people. Oh, okay. Do you have your whole group? No, I couldn't find anybody. I'm all by myself. So me collecting all of these data points for the debrief. So finally we get everybody in, we start the debrief about, hey, look, we need your leadership. We have enough soldiers. We need your leadership. You're here because you're high potential. You're the future of the company. We need you to start doing that now. So let's debrief how this activity went. And that's when we start to find out all the creativity that they, that they put forth. Well, we have our one sole person comes in in one particular class all by herself. She's late, about 20 minutes late. She sits down. We're in the midst of the debrief. I paused and I said, could, would you mind if I asked you a few questions about how that went for you? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, uh, how, what was the approach you took you know, to, to try to find your nine other people? And she said, well, I decided to just sit in a Starbucks window and watch as people went by. And if I saw anybody with my hat and my, in my color hat, I would jump out and tag along with them. That was her approach. And she would have been sitting there for a very long time had there not been another text message to get her back to the rest of the group. So we had a long talk about if you were to sit and wait for instruction or a sign or what have you in your day job, how long would you have to wait before you would get the right answer? So there were all sorts of metaphors you could use to really teach the lesson, but that became one of the most powerful starts to a program and we ran that one for about a little over two years so it's still to the and they were sworn to secrecy they couldn't tell any future student what would happen otherwise of course the the gig would oh be. yeah it would it would be destroyed yeah 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 i'd want to go find a hat manufacturer quickly yeah i know exactly <laughs> I, I, exactly I'm, I'm, I'm just i'm just joking we're gonna run out of time but i want to ask one question here because sure. i think this is important I'd like to know uh, do you use case studies much Sure, for training, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, but only to the extent where it can be applied to what they're doing. So if it's something we can bring to life, would love to do that. Um, but if it's a case study that would guide their learning in what they're currently doing, absolutely we do. Yeah, I've, I've personally had a lot of success with case studies, uh, yeah. you know, to get people to, you know, really think out of the box. Uh, you know, sometimes hard to find the right one. Uh, yes, yes. And, and the case studies I tend to use, quite frankly, Evan, come from magazine articles. They might not be industry um, similar, and they might not necessarily be uh, topic similar. It's really more about decision making or um, thought processes, experience, that sort of thing that I pull in. I got I to gotta, I gotta share this because I, I did not ever think about this. But when I was getting my MBA, my favorite teacher was my economics teacher. And you would come into the class and there would be a, a Xerox copy of a Wall Street Journal article. And he'd say, everyone read this and I wanna know how economics applies to this article. Oh, and, fascinating. And you, know, you would read it and you know, a lot of people had different opinions, but to bring oh. a robust conversation to a, uh, you know, to making economics practical. Yes. And, uh, that, that really, really, you know, made the class a lot of fun. And yeah. I think, and I think uh, more effective. And, Love uh, that. You Love know, that. Very, very simple. Okay. Um, 
this has been great. I'd love people to know a little bit about your company, the kinds of people you like to work with, and then after that, we'll get into your offer. Sure, so. sure. So um, my company, it's Kimberly Kleiman Lee. Um, you can find all the details you need at KimberlyKleimanLee.com. So Kimberly Kleiman Lee, it's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y, Kleiman Lee, K-L-E-I-M-A-N-L-E-E. And that's KimberlyKleimanLee.com. And uh, we focus on three things, really. So first, we focus on executive assessments and coaching. So we do a lot of that, um, specifically to mid-manager and above. Um, and we focus on uh, performance um, enhancements and improvements, of course. Second is uh, facilitation of teams and teamwork. So we work on curating experiences for teams that help them become healthier and more productive. And then the third is all around design and development. We do a combination of strategy work to help learning and development folks enhance their, their learning strategies. And then of course, the design and development that goes with the content to support that strategy. I would imagine it'd be a lot of fun just talking to you about the possibilities of how one could put together uh, different solutions and working together. I really, appreciate when you talk about the assessments and the personalities, because I think that's an important experiential thing, just to learn about yourself and to learn about the people you're interacting with. Uh, and one of the things that actually helped me in my career was when I discovered that not everyone thinks just like I do. Oh, yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to learn that lesson as well, Evan, yes. <laughs> um, I know you have a, 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 a nice offer, uh, and if you would, you know, please share that with everyone, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, these days everyone's struggling with time and how to manage their time better. So for those folks who are interested, you're welcome to go to uh, KimberlyKleimanLee.com. Again, that's KimberlyKleimanLee.com forward slash time, T-I-M-E. And you can sign up for Manage Time in 10. It's a great um, uh, learning aid to help you understand the top 10 ways you can think about time in a very different way and maximize the time that you do have available. Sounds like a great thing. And it actually, I think time, time and time management today has become more and more important because when you work at home, things are different. And right. with Zoom, so many meetings, and I know, in fact, this happened with you, is that this recording was back to back with another meeting. And if you don't have good time management skills, you can't handle all these things well. So I think right. it's a great offer. As you know, Kimberly, we always end the show with, if I had one tip to share with the audience, what would that be? And I'd love to hear your tip. If I had one tip to share with my uh, learning brothers and sisters, so to speak, it would be really focus on the whole human. I think we found, especially in, in light of this pandemic, that the whole human has been brought to work. And it goes along with one of my favorite quotes. It's okay if you leave your work at work, but it's a shame if you leave your, um, yourself at home. And when it comes to learning and development, the more you focus on the whole human, the more you're going to have the right person coming to work and a healthy person being shipped back home upon the day's end. It's a great tip. 
Thank you so much, Kimberly, for being a great guest. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Total Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for check government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Total makes effective training easier. Just go to Total.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Total.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Interesting books around leadership and learning and management. Uh, Everyone have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.